Now, on yesterday's show, we talked about some of the things that we were worried about with BC's offensive line and got into the transfer portal and why Jeff Halfley didn't ad- address that. Well, on Tuesday's press conference, he got into it and he gave some comments that I'm going to have some thoughts about on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Locked on BC. I'm your host, AJ Black. You know the drill. We do talk BC sports every single weekday, five days a week. You can only get that here on Locked on Boston College. Now, on Monday, uh, Tuesday show, I discussed, uh, you know, one of my biggest issues with Jeff Halfley and his decision heading into this season was not addressing the offensive line issues in the transfer portals. This is something that we knew was going to be a big issue heading into this season, and it just didn't seem to register for him. Now, heading into this year, uh, there were over 2,000 people in the transfer portal. We knew that, you know, and I think uh, Fourth and Dude brought up that there were 238 offensive linemen. And according to Jeff Halfley, none of them really fit what they wanted to do. So I'm going to try to play his uh, um, his comments from today's press conference. So take a, take a listen. We got to get better. And... You know, a lot of people have asked me, and I'm sure you guys probably want to ask me, well, why didn't you go to the transfer portal for offensive linemen? And I'm sure a lot of you guys are wondering that. After spring, we felt great, right? And then we found out late Christian gets hurt. So, yeah, we looked at the portal for for a lot of reasons, right? Want to add depth, want to always add good players. Um, but it's not always that easy. I mean, when you guys look at the portal at certain positions, and I just want you guys to understand this so no one thinks that, man, one – your eyes closed, right? It's one, can the guy get in school here? Two, does he have enough credits to transfer in and be eligible to play by NCAA rules? Three, is he a character kid, right? Obviously, is he good enough? That's huge. But then the other part with some of these offensive linemen, you guys know what the next piece that comes into it when it's a really good offensive lineman? How much money is he going to get paid, right? So we're doing everything we can, but I believe in the guys we have here. And some of them, are they totally ready? We're going to get them ready. We're going to fight our butts off. And I'm going to be behind that group every step of the way. So So there you go. That is Jeff Halfley right there. uh, Giving you the comments that we, I mean, I I expected a a little less than that, but he he really was honest. And I I appreciate him going through uh, the motions talking about that. Now, what did he say? He said that they, he, oh, he claims that they went through the transfer portal looking for offensive linemen. And I, I trust him. He did offer, I think, four or five different guys that I know about. And, you know, not all the kids are going to admit it in the transfer portal who offers who. But the part that really stuck out to me was that second piece, the piece about paying players. And it, it and I'm not, I'm not saying yes or no, if that's the case or not. I mean, he's the coach. You either trust him or you don't. But going ahead and saying these offensive linemen, they're they're going to want to get paid. Now, I could tell you, at least from my 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 seat here, 
not every player gets paid. That's that's not happening. There are great players that are in the transfer portal that do get paid. And we know these stories already. Jordan Addison, Gabe, Caleb Williams, you know, Spencer Rattler. You know, these guys go, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers over at Michigan. Uh, sorry, Michigan. Yeah. In Texas. All these guys get paid. We know that. This is not a surprise. And I'm sure there are elite offensive linemen as well that also get paid. You know, I, I think back to the Vandy kid. There was one guy, and I, I don't have his name in front of me, that they offered from Vanderbilt that I believe entered at, he ended up transferring to uh, Alabama. And, you know, I, this is a guy that had uh, Tyler Steen. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Tyler Steen is the name I'm thinking of. He had offers everywhere. And he, you know, because he's a four-year starter at Vanderbilt, you know, he's got he's got his options. It does not strike me in the as odd in the least that this kid got paid. That absolutely happened. But I, I have a hard time believing that if you look at 238 offensive linemen, if you look at, you know, how many of them ended up getting paid, I would, I would bet it would probably be the upper crust. So that eliminates, you know, maybe like 10 players or so that probably got paid from the offensive line position. Then you eliminate character guys. And believe me, I, this is not a halfway thing here because he's right. There are some guys in the transfer portal because of attitudes and being not the best, uh, you know, uh, you know, the best locker room presence, things like that. That's true. I've heard scouts say that recruiting guys. It's definitely part of the case, but say, say that's 25% of the guys, you know, we'll, we'll be generous here. Right? So now you have about 30% of the players gone. Now say another 35% or 40% are still guys that are not anything better than you have guys that have no experience at all. You still have another 30% that don't fit into any of those characters categories. So I have a hard time believing, and I'm not calling him a liar, but I still think there were guys out there that maybe they just didn't get that had experience and could have been sold on the bill of, Hey, you could start here at BC with a good offense. I think that might've been the case, but we don't know that we don't know. You know, Halfley's the guy, and if you think he's telling the truth, and I usually think he's telling, I, I almost always think he's telling the truth. He doesn't seem like a guy that the BS is. You, you, you think that he didn't, you know, he struck out on the on the trail. But in the same sense, he also says, you know, this is this is a well, I'm happy about my guys. It, now, is that coach speak to because you have to protect your locker room too, right? You can't just go out there. And say, oh, I wish I got transfer portal guys because the the locker room's listening. These all of these comments are up on YouTube, and I'm sure they listen and hear it. You can't go out there and just say our guys stink. We should have went to the we should have went to the transfer portal. Y even if you say like we, I wish we went to the transfer portal more for this. You have to really, really walk a fine line here between telling the truth and also losing your locker room. Because the minute you go out there and say, I didn't have, I don't have faith in these guys anymore. I made a mistake. The guys are going to hear that. And that's what you're saying. If I say, you say I should have went to the transfer portal is I made a mistake and that I don't trust my guys. That's a big issue. And you have to be really care. He had to be really careful. So I don't hate his answer. I thought it was okay. Um, and I think, 
you know, I do think he did go to the transfer portal and I'm not sure if there were other guys out there that could have been a, an improvement, but I, I still think I still live with that. He should have, there should have been more of an emphasis in the portal. I think there had to have been more guys out there than what we've seen. I mean, you're telling me, and again, I hate bringing up Nick Thomas, but the kid just struggled so bad against Virginia tech. You're, you're telling me that you couldn't find a guy out there that would be an improvement on a preferred walk-on. I have that hard time believing that. I did. I, I mean, I feel like they, they had to have been out there. Maybe he did. And maybe it was a, that he just didn't push as hard into it. Cause he's always said that too, right? Like he's not going to live in the transfer portal. Maybe he, he, he tried some spots of guys that fit certain things that he's looking for, but didn't re- really cast a wide net. And that's, you know, that's his choice too. And he's going to have to live and die by that. But in a moment, I want to get into a, a comment he made about another offensive lineman, one we just talked about, and 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 start to raise some questions about where the depth is in this offensive line, and if it really is a big concern moving forward. Before we do that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening games matchup. Uh, games weeks and week two games as well. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events is Bet Online. They have everything from Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and you or your on your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, locked on BC here, folks. AJ Black. Now. I want to give one last little quote I saw online today that I loved. And it was by Chris Snee, who is an offensive analyst with BC right now. Obviously a longtime BC player, uh, you know, Tom Coughlin's son-in-law. He had a great NFL career. He tweeted out, define O-line play, five playing as one, motivated by the fear of letting each other down. It just seemed, it just resonated with me. And I know a lot of folks are hoping that he makes a big influence on, on that offensive line, but I've also heard a lot of things saying that the talent is there with this group. They're just young and inexperienced. And so this is going to be a big week for BC because this is a chance for this offensive line to grow quickly and hopefully get some experience against a team that they could beat up front. And, you know, I, I joke about it that I, uh, <laughs> I have to take a, that people are saying I have to take a humble pill, but I'm going to keep my expectations low for this week. And hopefully they'll surprise us in a positive way. All right. So, Another comment that Halfley made this week uh, was the, on the health of two of his players, and that's on Ozzy Trapillo and Kevin Klein. Now, Ozzy Trapillo is day to day, but his comments to me, and this again, I, I love to read the tea leaves into what Halfley says. Um, and he said to you know that he is he is day to day, and that he hopes he'll be back soon. But uh, let me get the exact quote here. Um, sorry. I really, uh, I really respect and I appreciate those guys for fighting. And I don't know if Ozzy's going to play this week. I don't know if Kevin's going to play this week. We're just going to have to go through it and we're going to get better. So I, I have to say, reading the tea leaves here, th- does not strike me that either of these guys are going to play. We're not going to see Kevin Klein. We're not going to see Ozzy Trapillo. Now, uh, with Trapillo day-to-day, I, maybe. But why rush either of these guys back if you can if you can – bring out a serviceable uh, offensive line to, to, to play in this game. Uh, I mean, you, you obviously want to try to get them to communicate and play better, but if he's not ready, 
you need him for Florida state. You cannot go, you can't go into Florida state with Nick Thomas out there. You have to have Ozzy Trapillo ready. And so to me, I think the offensive line, no matter what you put out there is going to be better. I, I mean, be able to handle itself against Maine. And that's, I hope that that's my hopes. <laughs> it, Cause if they can't handle Maine, the season's done, the season's done. You know what I mean? Like, and I hope it's not, I think that they, they'll be able to do some things. But that brings me to my my last point about this offensive line. And that has to do with Nick Thomas. And Halfley, again, was effusive in his his praise of Thomas, saying he's our next guy up. And that just raised a a question to me. I I watched during the spring game, and I saw what Jude Bowery could do. He played with the second team, fine. But he looked good out there. I know he's a true freshman. But if Nick Thomas is getting scorched because he's he's learning a new position, he's not he doesn't seem like he's the right fit right now. Shouldn't Bowery get a chance? Shouldn't Otto Hess get a chance? One of these two. And and I don't and again, the team is very secretive about injury, so one of these guys could be banged up and I don't know about it because they won't tell you. <laughs> But if they're healthy, wouldn't you want to see one of these guys get a chance? I, I mean, I get that you want to reward a guy like Thomas who's played his butt off during camp. I heard, I know all about that. Halfley was very high on him. But you have to imagine that, you know, Blarim Rastemi, Otto Hess, or, or Jubari would be an improvement at this point. I mean, I'm sorry, Mitch put up a, a tweet our post on Eagle insider that showcased all the challenges that the, the offensive line had, but really kind of showcased how Nick Thomas just really had a tough game. He just had a really tough game out there. And you know, when, when you're looking at this, when you're looking at what they need to do, you have to wonder is, is, is this the right choice? Is, is, is there someone else on this roster that would be a, a better fit? So I, I have to, I have to say, that I'm curious. I'm just curious. Maybe, you know, he says it's his next guy up and he has to take his, he has to take his guys back. And I get that you, you know, being a coach is supporting your players, supporting the guys in the locker room. The minute that you, you trash them or say something about them when they're asked a question specifically about them, it's the minute you lose that player. I get that. But you, you support them to the, the press and you say what you have to say, but behind the scenes, you have to wonder if they're starting to think maybe there's a better choice here. It, it must be right. I mean, <laughs> based off of what you've seen, how could it be? How could it be worse at this point? It's a, it's a disservice to this kid to have him go out there and get planted by some of these ACC offensive, a defensive lineman. You have to think that maybe they think of something else. Well, in our final segment, I have a whole news breakdown. We've been talking about offensive line for like three straight days. And I have some recruiting news. I have basketball scheduling news. And I have a whole bunch of other things I want to get into. It's kind of going to be a fast fire uh, end of our show recap of things that you're just going to want to know. So make sure that you are ready and locked to listen to Locked on BC. Your first listen every day and where you get your Boston College sports news only here on Locked on BC. All right, locked on BCA, Jay Black here. So let's start off with basketball. We haven't talked about basketball in a while. BC starts off uh, their, they got their schedule, their out of conference schedule 
sorry, ACC conference schedule on, um, on Tuesday. And I, I was impressed with what they have because I, I, if you're ready for BC to get thrown right into the fire, well, this is going to be a schedule you're going to love to see because they start off their season uh, in ACC play with, with Duke. <laughs> I think they get Duke and Villanova in the span of like a week and a half. That's going to be some, some, some uh, schedule right there for them to get those two top, probably going to be top 10 teams at that point, right off bang, bang. Um, you know, they, they have a, a December of Duke, Virginia tech and Syracuse. And then they go to Jan in January. It's Notre Dame, Duke, uh, Miami, Wake Forest, UNC, Notre Dame, and Louisville and UVA and Clemson. I, you know, I am just, you look at the schedule, it's fine. Whatever. It, at, at the end of the day, things happen. It's hard to gauge like who's going to be the best. Is there a tough part of the schedule? You're playing ACC sports here, folks. And, you know, I, it, it, you're playing ACC basketball. That's going to be tough no matter what. No matter where you look on the schedule, you start, you get Duke, you get UVA, you get UNC, you've got Florida State, you got all the good teams. It's just win it. That's all you have to do is win it. So you could check out on Eagle Insider a basic breakdown of the schedule. Check that out as well. Um, I'm excited for basketball. <laughs> with all the negatives that's going on with this football program right now, the basketball program looks golden and gleam uh, clean and ready to go. And so I, I, you know, I am looking forward to seeing what they're capable of doing uh, this season. I think this it's a it's a high ceiling for this group, and uh, Earl Grant hopefully has this program heading in the right direction. Now. Two names you're going to want to watch for in the recruiting uh, uh, field are two names that uh, are announcing this week. And that's Darrell Robinson, who we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Uh, he is a running back from, from um, St. Francis Academy in Maryland. And he has got a final two of Virginia Tech in BC. He's announcing on Sunday. This is a kid you're going to want to watch for. Um, I'm really feeling good about this pick. I have a crystal ball in for him for BC, and that's part of my thing at, at uh, 247. I'm feeling good about that. And then, on, on, in addition, KP Price, a safety from St. Francis Academy, is also going to announce this week, and he's going to announce tomorrow today. Uh, he, uh, I have a crystal ball in him for him to Boston College. So two big names that are coming up. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. And if you want your news, check it out on Eagle Insider. Dot com. We have all the updates there, and I think you're going to like what you see as well. And so this is going to wrap up our episode today. Um, AJ Black here. Thank you all for listening so much. I want to do a mailbag episode for Thursday. So if you have mailbag questions you want, hit me up on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC. And again, we are on our quest for 600. We are, last I checked, six short of 500 subscribers on YouTube. So just hit, go to youtube.com right now, hit that subscribe button. It takes 10 seconds. It makes a world of difference. You're going to get special episodes. You're not going to find anywhere else. And you'll get uh, a live ACC dominated conversation in the, in the chat rooms. And I think you're going to really enjoy what we do there. Uh, so make sure you go to um, our, our YouTube page and hit that subscribe button right now. And follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC and um, at Beagle, BC Eagle Insider. If you have not already subscribed and become a VIP member, we're going to have tons of news on there, uh, whether it's VIP new, uh, news on recruiting 
or player analysis after games. We have it all there in, you know, with all these new recruiting um, announcements this week, you're going to find it all on Eagle Insider. So become a, a member. It's if you want to do it monthly, it's a dollar for the first month, or you get 30% off if you sign up for the year. So I hope you think, consider doing that. This is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you all again tomorrow. Thank you and have a great night. Cheers.